Welcome to the History of Christianity podcast with Stephen Bedard. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before getting started, I want to remind people about the website, historyofchristianitypodcast.com. And please follow me on Twitter at podcasthoc, as in History of Christianity. You'll find all kinds of extra resources at the website and the Twitter feed. We've been focusing for some time on early figures of Christianity. Thankfully, we have some knowledge of certain individuals. But there are some writings that we have that we cannot as easily identify with an individual. The two writings we're going to look at were attributed to the Twelve Apostles, and yet it's very unlikely that they were involved in their composition. They will both remain anonymous for all of history. In this episode, we will look at the Apostles' Creed and the Didache. I was raised in an Anglican church, and we regularly recited the Apostles' Creed, often alternating between it and the Nicene Creed. But what is a creed? It's a formal statement of religious belief. It's likely that the earliest Christian creed was, Jesus is Lord. While quite revolutionary, especially since it implied that Caesar was not Lord, it still lacked detail. The list of witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus quoted by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 was a pre-existing creed, perhaps going back to a few years after the events being described. But what about the Apostles' Creed? Back when I was a child reciting it, I probably assumed it was written by the Apostles. After all, it is called the Apostles' Creed. Many people likely still make that assumption. However, it is incorrect. The first version of what would become the Apostles' Creed is known as the Old Roman Creed. It may have appeared as early as the 2nd century. It went like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, and in Christ Jesus, his only Son, our Lord, who was born from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, who under Pontius Pilate was crucified and buried, on the third day rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father, whence he will come to judge the living and the dead, and in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the remission of sins, the resurrection of the flesh, life everlasting. This early creed was enlarged over time, becoming closer to the text that we now know. We cannot know exactly when this took place. The text as it now stands goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born from the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, descended into hell. On the third day rose again from the dead, ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the remission of sins, the resurrection of the flesh, and eternal life. Amen. Notice that both creeds are Trinitarian in nature, but lack the precision of Christological definitions such as found in later creeds. 
I don't want to go into detail into this creed, but we'll make a couple of observations. There is a reference to descend into hell in the Apostles' Creed that's not found in the old Roman Creed. This reflects a belief that between the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus went to hell to preach to those in prison there. This is called the harrowing of hell. However, that particular belief is not universally held. Also, there is a reference to the Holy Catholic Church, which is not speaking of the Roman Catholic Church, even though some Protestants get uncomfortable with the phrase. Catholic means universal, and it simply means all who are part of the one church that follows Jesus. So how did this get called the Apostles' Creed? A tradition developed in the church that had been written by them. It was believed that the twelve apostles, anticipating their scattering over the world, met to make sure that they were all preaching the same message. Rufinius wrote an exposition of the Apostles' Creed in 404 AD, stating, So they met together in one spot, and, being filled with the Holy Spirit, compiled this brief token, and they decreed that it should be handed out as standard teaching to believers. While this is only a legend, it could be argued that the creed is apostolic in that it reflects their teaching and preaching without having actually been written directly by them. Whatever the origins, the Apostles' Creed continues to be influential. In ecumenical gatherings, the Apostle Creed is often used as the lowest common denominator to determine which Christian groups can work together. Personally, I actually prefer the old Roman Creed to the Apostles' Creed. The second document that we'll look at is the Didache, which is Greek for the teaching. Its full but cumbersome name is The Teaching of the Lord to the Gentiles by the Twelve Apostles. We'll stick to the Didache. One of the things interesting about the Didache is that, although this document had long been known by name, the text was only discovered in 1873 and wasn't published until 1883. When was the Didache originally written? Good question. Dates from 50 to the 3rd century have been offered. Michael Holmes suggests a date closer to the end of the 1st century, with it being by 150 at the latest. We do know that it wasn't written by the Apostles, but we don't know who wrote it, or how many authors were behind it. The Didache is made up of three sections. The first is on the two ways of life and death, which was used as teaching for those preparing for baptism. Then there was a section of instructions dealing with church practice. It includes teaching on food, baptism, fasting, prayer, the Eucharist, and other issues related to leadership. The final one is an apocalyptic section, which has much in common with the apocalyptic passages in the Synoptic Gospels. There are a number of parallels between the Didache and the Gospel of Matthew. Some have thought that the Didache relies on Matthew, and others that they just used a common tradition. There's also some similarities with the Epistle of Barnabas, a document that we will look at soon. Here's a taste of the Didache from chapter 11. Whosoever then comes and teaches you all these things aforesaid, receive him. But if the teacher himself be perverted and teach another doctrine to destroy these things, do not listen to him. But if his teaching be for the increase of righteousness and knowledge of the Lord, receive him as the Lord. And concerning the apostles and prophets, act thus according to the ordinance of the gospel. 
that every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord. But let him not stay more than one day, or if need be, a second as well. But if he stay three days, he is a false prophet. And when an apostle goes forth, let him accept nothing but bread till he reach his night's lodging. But if he asks for money, he is a false prophet. Do not test or examine any prophet who is speaking in a spirit. For every sin shall be forgiven, but this sin shall not be forgiven. But not everyone who speaks in a spirit is a prophet, except he have the behavior of the Lord. From his behavior, then, the false prophet and the true prophet shall be known. And no prophet who orders a meal in a spirit shall eat of it, otherwise he is a false prophet. And every prophet who teaches truth, if he do not what he teaches, he is a false prophet. But no prophet who has been tried and is genuine, though he enact a worldly mystery of the church, if he teach not others to do what he does himself, shall be judged by you, for he has his judgment with God. For so also did the prophets of old. But whosoever shall say in a spirit, Give me money or something else, you shall not listen to him. But if he tell you to give on behalf of others in want, let none judge him. The Didache will never be as influential on the church as the Apostles' Creed, partially because of the date discovered and partially the nature of the text. Still, it is an invaluable resource for understanding some of the practical aspects of the early church. It is a discovery that we can really thank God for. My recommended audiobook for this episode is Church History in Plain Language by Bruce L. Shelley. With more than 315,000 print copies sold, this is the story of the church for today's listeners. Dr. Bruce Shelley makes church history come alive in this classic audiobook that has become not only the first choice of many lay people and church leaders, but the standard text in many college classrooms. What separates Dr. Shelley's work from others is its clarity of language and organization. It treats history as the story of people, and the result is that the history reads like a story, almost as dramatic and moving as a novel. Yet there is no fiction here. Dr. Shelley was a respected scholar whose work was painstakingly researched and carefully crafted for historical accuracy. The fourth edition of Shelley's classic one-volume History of the Church brings the story of Christianity into the 21st century. This latest edition, now an audiobook and revised by R.L. Hatchett, contains information concerning Gnosticism and its ongoing relevance, the theology of the early church and Reformation, and most extensively, the rapid global extension and transformation of Christianity since 1900. You can get this audiobook for free with a free trial of Audible at audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hopesreason. Get your free audiobook download today. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please visit me at historyofchristianitypodcast.com and find me on Facebook and Twitter. Consider supporting this podcast by leaving a review on iTunes or even pledging a dollar a month at patreon.com slash hopesreason to help pay for the costs of this podcast. Finally, check out my other podcast on the Second World War at anchor.fm.secondworldwar. Thank you, and God bless.